0: Welcome to another episode of The DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson, the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops. And if you've been watching a couple of the previous episodes, you know we just had one. We're talking about the diesel technician, technician shortage. And a couple of weeks later here now, it's gotten more and more news and reports and data starting to come out. And one of the things that just came out is the Department of Labor annual report on how many people are employed in each profession. So these numbers are tabulated as companies report their payroll to the federal government. They have to classify them in job positions. And for the first time ever, we have less diesel technicians working in our industry than the previous year. Actually, they dropped by so much. We're kind of back to 2015, 2016 levels. Couple that with all the other issues going on in our industry. It's getting ugly out there as people are trying to find diesel technicians. So today I said, you know what? Let's bring someone on here that's part of the solution. Let's just not talk about part of the problem. So I brought on someone that's doing some great work out west, out in California, and I'd like to introduce everyone to Eric Rubio. So Eric, welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you for having me, Tyler. Well, why don't we explain your program? Because it's it's not it's it's not you're not a two year community college. You're you're a high school program, and I've very rarely run across high school diesel tech programs. So I'd I'd love to learn more about what you do and how that works in a, in a high school curriculum. I'm used to, I came from a small place, man. I'm used to like shop classes that we had for, for our, for our type of stuff like this. So explain this to us everybody a little bit.
1: Yeah. So uh, first of all, Fresno Unified is the third largest district in the state of California. And um, one thing that's unique about our district is that uh, they have put forth a lot of investment for CTE, for career tech ed uh, to get these students the skills that they need for these jobs that are in demand now. And um, they have, uh, they even have an office, college and career readiness. Uh, they have some dedicated grant writers over there um, and they have a whole organization to support all of the CTE programs that we have in the district. Um, the school that I work at, Duncan Poly High School, it's in Fresno, California. Um, we're considered a magnet school. So what that means is that students can apply to come here. Uh, It's based off of uh, a lottery system. So there's no per se qualifications. The students just have to fill out uh, an application. But one thing that uh, sets us apart from a comprehensive high school is we're a CTE only school. Uh, So we don't have extracurricular activities such as sports and music and things like that. When the students come here, um, they uh, they pick a pathway and that's effectively their are major. Um, and so what I do is I teach the 11th and 12th grade heavy duty truck program. And so I'm just dealing with class four through eight trucks. So only the big stuff. And the reason why uh, this program came about is because local industry approached the school district and they said, hey, you know, we have a lot of these open uh, jobs. Why don't we use public funded education in order to give these students the skills that they need in order to get these uh in order to fill these entry-level positions that we have, because we have so many and uh, we haven't been making a dent in trying to fill the positions. Um, So, you know, that conversation that industry had with the district spurred along uh, the pursuit for all of the funding that is needed for, you know, uh, just to create a program. Uh, Where my shop is right now, there was a soccer field around four years ago. Um, So they built the shop within a year uh, and they used um, CTE IG grant funding from the state of California, which helps build the infrastructure. So, you know, we needed a building in order to house this. Um, They had industry partner input when it came to designing the shop Um, and then, you know, discussions with them when they when they said you know, how many trucks do we need to effectively teach this class? What kind of training aids do we need? What does the size of the building? So um, the school district really did their homework. Um, I didn't take part in any of that because that was prior to me being hired, but they did hire me early on enough that I got to break ground on the building. I got to select all of the training aids and the trucks within the facility and, um, you know, uh, it just build it from the ground up with collaboration from the industry partners in the local area on what they wanted the students to be trained on.
0: So I know trades pretty much everywhere in high demand, right? Whether it's electricians, plumbers, diesel techs, automotive, welders, the the school you're involved with, is it doing a lot of those different trades or is it mainly focused on kind of the mechanical truck automotive side? Or can you explain kind of the breadth of what's offered through Fresno?
1: Sure. Uh, so I can speak for my school um, here at Duncan Poly. We also have a, a medical Academy. Uh, so we have uh, a CNA pathway, uh, physical therapy and uh, pharmacy tech on the industrial side where I'm in, we also have automotive, welding, construction, and manufacturing. So um, we try to cover as much of the trades as we can.
0: Yeah, I mean what's interesting here is I mean people see your story that you have today, right? And I I see the pictures on LinkedIn and the things you do. You obviously have a great facility, beautiful facility, all these things and it to me it really takes two things. It takes it takes money and it takes somebody or somebody's a passion to want to go to want to go do this. Do you I know you kind of came in, you know, as they were groundbreaking and a lot of that stuff had already kind of happened. Do you have any idea how like how long of a process it was for them to actually go from from essentially probably nothing to groundbreaking and, and doing all that stuff? Is it a long process and getting these funds? And it sounds like there's a lot of admin stuff here, right? There's grant writing, and you got to have the right people, the right mentality, and you got to get local businesses involved. Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So when it came to building the facility, the district had to match those funds. Um, you know, so they also passed two separate bond measures in order to. the funding to help support that but it 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 was years in the making so the conversation that i talked to you about um it wasn't like industry approached the district and then two months later they had the plans for the building and things like that um one of my major partners mike betts of uh betts company he said it was years and years and years in the making but just industry didn't take note for an answer um, you know, and just kept pushing it that, hey, you know, we need this program, but it was years in the making of it. And, and it, when you're building a facility in education, um, there's, a, there's a lot more things that go into building the building. Uh, they have to, you know, it has to be safe for the students. So there's that added time needed in order to make sure that the facility is going to be not just appropriate for the job that we're doing in here, but that the students are going to be safe as well. So it just takes a long time.
0: Yeah, no, that's kind of what I assumed. I mean, I've been part of committees and meetings and things, and everyone just kind of talk, 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 talks, and nothing ever happens. So it's great to see, I'm sure there's some very passionate people behind the scenes that really push this to make it go forward. And a, a lot of people came together, at least in your community and area, to have it. And you mentioned a great thing about safety, too. I mean, I know I was a service manager. And, you know, you get new people in there, you know, oil changers, cleaners, these entry level people that kind of come in and you got to kind of teach people like, don't try to catch anything. It's all heavy and can kill you. Right. So and you got 17 and 18 year olds in there doing these things as well. So I can just imagine the things you have to go through in in that in that point of view. Uh, When you look at the number of students coming through, is it are kids interested in heavy duty diesel trucks? What's that like in the, the perception over there? Yeah, so um, we do a lot of heavy advertisement recruitment to the
1: middle schools. Uh, So we have a CT coordinator here and um, her name's Kara Gerardo and and she goes out and she actually recruits and talks to these eighth graders and tells them about the programs that we have here at Duncan. Um, The school district also organizes a field trip and it's called Ticket to the Future and they rent the convention center. They house all of the CTE programs. We all set up booths, and they bus every single one of the eighth grade students to expose them to the trades. And so that way they know that, hey, these jobs are out there, and your district has the training available to you at no cost. Um, So they do a very good job of uh, advertising that. Now, speaking for the school, uh, the way it works is that um, when you apply to come here, uh, you pick the industrial academy that we have, which is all the industrial trades, or you pick the medical Academy. And when you come in in ninth grade, you are still undecided. You you know what Academy you would like to be in, but you're undecided on what specific pathway that you want to take. And so I go out and I talk to all the ninth graders and I tell them, you know, one, the expectations of my class, the expectations of the industry, but also the demand of all these jobs. And they make a choice and they select what pathway that they want to be in after we've given them tons and tons of information about it. Um, in 10th grade, there is a different instructor. Um, His name is Mark Bennett. He does a lot of the safety related content when it comes to an intro class for all of our industrial pathways. So he takes care of, um, they do SP2 safety training. They do, they talk about tool usage and things like that. And you got to think these are 14 and 15 year old students that are already getting this information. Um, When they get to 11th grade, uh, that's when they, so they choose their pathway in 10th grade, by the way, when they get to 11th and 12th grade, then that's when they come to their CTE instructor classes. And then that's when I introduce them to the trucks. So starting in 11th grade, um, they take my class for two consecutive periods. So this is what is effectively different right. than us, than a comprehensive high school with a 45 minute shop classes. We have a block schedule So in 11th grade, I have a little less than two hours with my 11th grade students, which gives me enough time for them to um, junior year, complete their OSHA 10 hour training. So they get a strong foundation in their safety. Uh, They do a refresher with the SP2. Um, I give them an opportunity to take entry level ASE certifications at the end of the year. Um, And, uh, you know, it's just but that amount of time that I have with them is key. The next year, when they get to twelfth grade, I have them all afternoon. So a little less than three hours a day. So what that culminates to is a two-hour or a two-year program with a little over a thousand hours of instruction at no cost to the student.
0: I mean that that's absolutely amazing. I mean you guys are doing everything everyone talks about doing. Go get them while they're in middle school. Let's have these conversations. A lot of people don't even know that these professions exist and that they pay really well and you're going to have a job for life. I mean, and that's what you guys are exposing them to. So it is just very refreshing to hear someone actually executing on these things that a lot of organizations, a lot of people talk about. Um, and you mentioned the lottery system or, it, you know, can you talk about, are, are you guys struggling to get students to actually come to your, to the CTE or is there too many coming or what's the no, demand? So I have like?
1: two full classes. So we already knew that it was going to take a couple years to fill this pathway. Uh, but now there is a waiting list for the class. So I have um I started out the year with 31 seniors. I'm down to 28. Because you got to think, uh since my class takes a lot of their time, it is elective credit. If they're behind in their credits, what we do is we send them back to their home school. We just are not a school for credit recovery. We're not set up that way. But what that does is that um you know this the students that are and this is why we have the highest graduation rate in the district is because the students that get identified that need to recover some credits, they end up going back to their home school um, in ninth and 10th grade. So what we're left with is the students that are bought into the school, they're bought into the trades and whatever skills that they wanna learn. And um,
0: those are the ones that remain and then they do very, very well. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, so students are in this program, they're juniors, they're seniors, they graduate. What are you starting to see with these students as they graduate? Are they going right into profession? Are they going to two-year degrees? Are they going to other things? Where where do they go? Because obviously they got exposed to this. They have an interest in it. So I'm curious to hear what happens after.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I take a survey uh, at the beginning of every single year, junior and senior class. And I ask them, where do they see themselves after high school? What kind of plan did they have? Um, a lot of them go... The community college route. So the community college is actually building a multi-million-dollar facility, and um, matter of fact, next semester uh, we're going to be offering dual enrollment for their Intro to Diesels class and their Occupational Safety class. Um, so we have uh, we have first rights to them for the dual enrollment, and so hopefully they're going to be a feeder program. But uh, they're a little bit behind us, but they they are going to have an outstanding medium and heavy-duty truck pathway. That the community college is going to offer. They're building, a, they're building a satellite campus where they're going to house all of their industrial trades, and this program will feed that program. Uh, and you know, just, just as you know, uh if a student qualifies for the maximum amount that a Pell Grant can offer, they fill out their FAST when they can go to community college for free. Um, so so that would probably be the best option for them, you know, considering a lot of the students just don't want to leave home. You know, they just, uh, see even th- three hours away is too far for them. I do have students that if they take everything that I give them from the program, they are going straight to work. So the purpose of it is to, for me to teach them those entry-level skills so they can go straight to work. And what opens the door to that is senior year, they participate in unpaid internships. So I have partnerships with all of the local dealerships and, um, and they go to work one day a week to get exposed to that environment. And then that's also pretty much a hands-on interview for them. Uh, so they determine if the student has a good attitude, if they have good work ethic. Because just like you said, you know, in your other podcast, they can teach them the skills. But they need them to show up on time, not call in sick, and have a good attitude when they're there. Uh, but they get experience of that. So you don't have students thinking that they want to do this. And then they get to that job. They go through all the HR uh, stuff. And then they find out it's not what they want to do. So it's, 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 you know, it's a win-win it's a win-win for the student. It's a win-win for the employer because, uh, they don't have to deal with that, you know, because I have students that come and say, Hey, you know, I don't really enjoy working in the shop. You know, um, what can you do for me, Mr. Ruby? And I tell them, I was like, well, there's other areas that you can work in. So I don't hold them back. If they want to work in the parts department, because there's a a need for that, then I put them in there. And they, some of them enjoy that. And some of them don't. Some of them say, hey, it's too boring. I don't want to count parts. I don't want to, you know, build pallets and stuff like that. I want to be in the trenches in the shop. Um, Even though I don't teach the collision side of the heavy duty trucks, there are some shops that have a body shop. So I don't restrict the students if they would like to go work there and do some
0: R&R and do some paint prep, then I'm all for that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the fact that you're exposing young minds to career opportunities. I've always said, man, it was really unfair of me to be a high school senior and pick a degree. And that's what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. And by the way, I got to go spend 30, 40 grand a year to go learn that thing. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know if I like that or not. You just don't have the exposure. So it's, it's great seeing that side of it. What about, And you talked about the business side too, and it's just great to hear the community coming together. Local businesses that do truck repair need diesel techs. We, we all know this and there's a huge shortage going on there. So I, I can see why they're there. How are the parents reacting to this? I You know, it's something different, new, that's not done in a lot of places. What kind of reaction are you getting from the parents that go through these, with their students that are going through this?
1: Yeah, so one thing that I have to get over is that a lot of the parents um, and not to say anything bad, but there's a you know there's a general single story about CTE that it's a dirty job. You don't need a lot of skills to do it. It doesn't pay well, and so I have to get over that challenge. And it's just you know uh, making the parents aware as well as the students that hey, these are high-paying jobs. These are jobs that are in demand. You basically if you have this skill set, you it's. A buyer's market. You're, you're not just going to apply at one place. You can apply at 15 different places and then choose where you want to work. And not a lot of other occupations are like that, you know. But, um, you know, it's just we haven't promoted this, you know, it's been the college for all model. And I think that's kind of hurt the trades. But, um, you know, I, I said it's not easy to fix these trucks. Um, and I tell them you're, gonna, you're going to get compensated, you're going to get paid based on the problems that you solve. The more complex, problems you solve, the more your pay is going to be. And these trucks are not simple. Um, they've caught up to the automotive uh, side of things as far as, um, you know, the updated systems that they have, the active radar systems, uh, you know, automatic braking, you know, uh, telemetrics, all this stuff, you know, so it's very complex things. But these students are tech savvy, you know, they've grown up with the cell phone. Uh, they've grown up with the internet, so using a scan tool is just their aptitude is very, very high when it comes to things like that.
0: Yeah, and as a service manager, I saw the other side of that too. I saw that the fifty and sixty year old guys and electronics were coming, and they were they were scared of them. They didn't want to touch them. They didn't want anything to do with them. And then obviously, as you just said, they got really complicated really quick with the emission systems, the ADAS, the uh, you know just really everything multiplex wiring. You you name it on a commercial truck, and those components get more and more complicated. And for the audience listening, if you're not familiar with commercial trucks, we've always kind of been 10 years behind automotive. It's definitely catching up. A couple of years ago, you had maybe three computers, two computers, one computer on a truck. Today, you got 20, 30 computers and, and more of them coming every day into these whole things. So I, I think the if you had to look at this and say, hey, this model seems to be working pretty well where you're out there. You got full employment going on. You're getting kids into new interests that they may have not have been exposed to. You're helping solve an industry problem, the shortage. You're helping local businesses get more talent inside their organizations. How, how does this get replicated in other parts of the country, right? That's probably what a lot of people are listening like, man, I, I wish we had that here. I wish we had that in my city. How, how do they go about that? Or what, what pieces need to get in place in order for that to happen?
1: So it takes a lot of dedication, patience, collaboration, and things like that, because you got to think, um, you know, like, for example, you, and so an automotive and medium and heavy duty in order to get accredited by the ASC education, you know, side of things, you have to have an advisory board, you know, and that ensures that I'm not just teaching the students whatever I like, that I'm consulting with the industry partners and saying, hey, what would you like an entry-level technician to have, what kind of skills that you have. So it requires, um, their investment in education as well to make sure that I'm meeting the demand of their needs because they're all competing against each other. They all have job postings out. So I bring them all in a room and we have to, um, concentrate on one objective that, that we want to train these students to help with the technician shortage. But, you know, there can be some, uh, there can be some competition there. So when we get in these meetings, we have to put all that aside and say, Hey, we're all one team, one fight. And and let's make sure that these students are getting these skills and we're all going to have a hand in it. Um, but it, it does take a lot, the funding piece of it. If you don't have, if you do not secure the funding you can't even have a program. Um, but Perkins, when it comes to CTE, they've, they've been devoting a lot of funding to that. Um, Local states, you know, uh, they 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 have funding for CTE. It's just, it's very time consuming to write these grants. So, um, you know, but the districts just need to see that, hey, this is a pretty much a dedicated job in order to get this funding. But I think Fresno Unified has got the recipe down, you know, as far as CTE is concerned with securing the funding, making sure that the instructors have the time that they need in order to effectively teach the skills. Because I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing in a 45 minute class it just, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. So you need the funding, you need the time, you need the collaboration with local industry. And and that's how you make it happen.
0: Yeah. I mean what you're doing and you know, if people listen to me, they know I'm a big fan of American diesel training centers with their entry level stuff that they're doing to help solve this problem. But you guys are really both doing the same thing. You're solving the problem of time and money to get into the fields. Right? So like, as you said, your program's free. They're not paying money to be there. And it's time they would have been spent doing something else. They're just diverting that time to this. So you're, you're taking away the two big barriers that our industry needs. So I, I really applaud everything, not only you're doing, but your entire organization. And I, I know there's a whole army of people back there that, that make all that work. So it's just great to see. And I can tell from talking to you, you care about you care about these students. How, how did you get into education? Has this always been a passion of yours? Or did you fall into it? What's the background? How did, how did you get here? Um, so
1: when I left high school, I joined the air force. I was a mechanic in the air force. And then, um, after I exited the air force, uh, one of my prior supervisors had found out that I was out of the air force and he contacted me and he was working at, uh, the UTI campus in Avondale. And he said, Hey, would you ever think about teaching? Cause I saw how you your troops and uh you know I think you'd be good at it. I had never thought about being an educator, but I went to the campus and I was blown away. You know, I was like a kid in a candy store. They had everything that I that I enjoyed and I'm a gearhead at heart. So um I took the job and I taught fluid hydraulics and truck preventative maintenance there for about a year and a half. Um and then uh and then I found this job. You know, I found this job and I thought that it would be awesome to affect Young people's lives and give them the skills that are in demand and have uh, zero costs associated to them. You know, um, there. You know, and a lot of people say that uh, young people, it's hard for them to understand this content and it's and it's hard for them to uh, get these entry level positions. But if you have a long program where they're just dedicated in, and I think that that uh, we can make a change. So. Now that the program is in its fourth year, I have prior graduates that are working in all of my internship locations. So, my existing students that go to job site one day a week, they're working with prior graduates. So, they see the proof right there. You know, they have those conversations with them and say, Hey, how how was it your first week here? How was it your first month or your six months? You know, but then they also get to share the success stories and say, Hey, I'm able to contribute to my family now. You know, I'm able to pay rent at my house you know I'm able to put food in my fridge for my family um you know we we have some poverty that we're dealing with in the Fresno area and this is how we curtail the cycle of poverty is by giving students skills and also give them early on entrance into a career it's not just a job it's a career
0: yeah
1: you know so that way they can take this to their whole lives and I tell the students the sooner you can start the better off you're going to be yeah you know.
0: It, I mean, it's just great to hear. At the end of the day, you're impacting people's lives that potentially could have went a totally different direction. You're setting them on the path early in their lives to really succeed at life, which is which is great to hear. Everything both you're doing again in the entire school district and even the state of California out there. It, it's just it's really. I, I wish I heard more of this. And I can tell you, I was in a meeting this week um, with a with a tech company because what was going on with diesel tax is actually happening. Ironically, with even white collar jobs that people consider more uh, software developers, nobody can find enough of them. And there's there's some big money being thrown at this and they're looking at doing some things in South Carolina. And it really came down to two reasons. And it's both because we suck. It was, we have a low graduation rate and there's a, a low average income. And they're basically saying, hey, we, we need those people to learn some new skills here and we can better their lives and they can help solve our problem that we have going on. So it, it's really great to see both community, you got government involved, everyone's trying to like better everything and solve everyone's challenges. And there's a lot of potential to do that, not just in the diesel tech and the trades industry, but all these industries as well. And i like the direction things are going. And I think COVID really, uh, you know, forced a lot of things to move a lot quicker now. All of a sudden we got, you know, 11 million open jobs in the U.S. and not enough people. Where did they all go? And and that whole situation is going on. So it's going to be a... It's going to be interesting, and I, I, I really wish you continued success at, at your program there. Thank you, Tyler. Um, if people want to get a hold of you at all, uh, what is it, LinkedIn, a website? I, I know I know you're kind of all over the place. What would be the best way to do that?
1: So we uh, I do have a website. It's called www.duncanpolyheavytruck.org. Um, so uh, we do have a website, but you can also reach me on uh, LinkedIn as well. Um, but, you know, you, you can go to the Fresno Unified website and uh, they have links to all of the CTE programs that we have within the district. So even though we're a CTE, we're considered a wall-to-wall CTE school, there are CTE programs at the comprehensive high schools as well.
0: Well, thank you very again very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. I'm sure our listeners learned a little bit here, at least I hope they did. Yes, there's shortages going on, not only in our industry, but other industries. There are a lot of people out there trying to help that situation for the better. And the best advice I can give everyone is be part of the solution. Don't be part of the problem and just complaining about it. Every yeah. little person, every little company that helps, if you have one employee yourself or you got a thousand, every little bit helps to help solve these problems. So as we end every episode, it's not just diagnostics, it's diagnostics done right. You definitely need technicians in order to do that. So again, props to everything that you got going on there, Eric. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube, we'd appreciate you to like it, subscribe. If you're listening, leave a comment. We'd love feedback. You can always hit us up at thedl at diesellaptops.com. So for now, signing off. Thank you for watching, listening, and we'll catch you next time.